Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Should we start? Should we start doing like kind of an intro like Trixie and Katya do? Oh my god, we totally should. You know? Wow. I know. Are we Dyke, Trixie, and Katya? Should, are we Dyke, Trixie, and Katya? <laughs> I think Trixie and Katya. Could we, we be that for you guys? Could we be Goth, Dyke, Trixie, and Katya for you guys? Like they already kind of cover that themselves. They absolutely but. do. No, but well, but there's the part discount where, Trixie and Katya. There's the thing where like where Trixie's like or no yeah Trixie is like there should be more gay goths and Katya's like are you kidding? <laughs> Every goth is gay. Coming at you live from your dad's gravesite, Marin McKenna. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and I'm working on some lower back pain issues. <laughs> Emily Chatmore. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> And welcome to Honey, this podcast isn't big enough for the two of us. It's Marin and EJ. Yeah, it's Marin and EJ. Um, wow, try out a new thing, guys. Trixie and Katya coming for your gig. Trixie and Katya were <laughs> coming for you. I rediscovered those videos recently and so I was funny. like, oh, God, they're funny. They're funny. God, I, here's the thing. I haven't watched like any of them. I've just seen clips of them. What? I know. Can I send you some? Yes, please okay. do. Okay. Yeah. The Halloween one? They're, they're, they're so fucking funny. I've just seen clips of them on TikTok. And every time I go, hee, 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 and then I never oh. actually watch them. Okay. All right. Let me curate you uh, Incredible. Uh, Trixie I'm and Katya I'm so ready. Playlist. Okay. Oh, my God. to this podcast. This is not a Trixie and Katya it's, podcast. It's not, but we are fans. Mm-hmm. Welcome to this podcast. We're back. We're at it. We, we've, how are you? Oh, good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. It's been a tumultuous month. It's been a tumultuous time. It's been a little tumultuous. Us, folks. Um, yeah. But that's such as winter in the Northeast also. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, like incoming tumult. Yeah. Emotions, feelings, relationships, all of these things yeah. happen. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. So yeah, t- t- tumult. T- tumult. Tumult. Yeah. Um, otherwise good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Yep. Also, you know, wow, what a month. What a month and a bit it's been, gang. Yeah. <laughs> it's been just, let me tell you, Scorpio season was a tough season Ooh. for everybody. A weird, a weird, emotionally intense uh-huh. season for everybody. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you may have heard we had a mass shooting in Maine. That was, yeah, uh, that was very scary. That was really scary for yeah. a couple of days. Um, but we're okay. And, um, and all of our loved ones are okay. And all of our loved spring. ones are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just been just a tough, weird, scary time yeah. for the past month and a bit. So we appreciate um, everybody's patience with us getting back. We were really like prepped and ready to get back. And then a lot of things happened at one time in the span of like four, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're getting back to yeah. it. And here we are and we're ready and we have some really great episodes planned. Uh-huh. Like in pretty quick succession, I think. Yeah. In the next couple weeks. Yeah. So we've got ideas and we like part of why this one took so long is because there was a lot of reading that we wanted to do. We want to be thorough. Yeah. We wanted to. Yeah. We're scholars, you know, Uh, we want to cite our sources. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, that sometimes makes the episodes take a little longer. Totally. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for being cool with this not being a weekly podcast. Yeah. We're busy boys, and that would be hard. I think we're going to get closer. I think we're going to get closer to bi-weekly. Yeah. Is what I I think. I I strive for bi-weekly. I think it's it's realistic. I think we could do it. Yeah. Yeah. What is this episode about, EJ? This episode is the second part of our Angels in America episode. The long-awaited. The long-awaited did a couple episodes in between those two parts. Yeah. Um, The Great Work Begins Part 2. Yeah. And we're focusing on illness in this episode. Yeah. Which is another major theme of Angels in America. Yeah. And we'll touch on some of the stuff that we didn't really get into last time in yeah. this massive, massive play. In this massive, massive yeah. play. We both, I would say, have relationships to 
concepts in disability illness mm-hmm. mad studies mm-hmm. in that we have both experienced have experiences with illness slash mental illness mm-hmm. but we are by no means also like the the people who the experts yeah we're by no means the experts on disability yeah. you know disability experts mm-hmm. we're um, not yeah we're not disability scholars or disability activists no um we're just we're, we're people who live in bodies yeah and uh, right yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. Have experiences with that. So, you know, this is one of those episodes where it's like, we really want to hear from you guys if you have thoughts or take issue or have ways that you want things to be worded differently, etc. And also one of those episodes where it's like, maybe all the language we use won't feel like exactly right for you, Mm -hmm. etc. Yeah. So, And that's something that I feel pretty strongly about is like a lot of people experience disability differently oh 100 and like yeah. i have days when i consider myself disabled and days when i don't right and it's really a, a middling kind of thing for some people and not for others right um so none of our claims are universal yeah um and should not be taken as such absolutely it is a complex and multifaceted um study and a group of studies so mm-hmm. we're going to be touching on just a tiny little bit of it yeah um for what is like relevant to this but trust that there are many things to read if anybody has thoughts, if anybody has things that we should read, things that we should talk about, or things that you just think that we should post as like a reading list, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love a, a little syllabi. So that's our little preface. Yeah. What did we, what did we read this week? So we read um, Susan Sontag's Illness as Metaphor and AIDS and its Metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we read some of Eli Clare. What is mm-hmm. the book title? Uh, Brilliant Imperfection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is, we we only read like the first couple chapters of it, mm-hmm. but it is beautifully written. It's stunning. Like if you want to read scholarly work that is written in a really accessible way and a really powerful way, I would highly, highly recommend starting with Eli Clare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we also wanted to read some like mad study stuff yep. and we didn't get around to it. No. Um, so if you have any experience in yeah. that area... Um, we'd really love a reading list from you to kind of expand our thinking on this. We're going to mention a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about mental illness in this episode just because it's like relevant to angels. Mm -hmm. But I think we will do a whole other episode about mental illness and addiction because it's such, it is such a theme Mm -hmm. in MCR and it's something we haven't really talked about in depth. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be really interesting to do some like reading about addiction and reading about like whatever specifically like hearing voices etc and like to really talk about that and dish about that with mcr because there's so so much Mm -hmm. so much of their stuff is like directly a result of mental illness and addiction so right all right let's get into it let's fucking begin so I, when I read this, um, I got a copy from the library that had both essays in mm-hmm. it together. Yeah, They're both too. pretty short. They're like yeah. 80 pages. Illness was published in 1978. And so that's the first essay. Yeah. And Susan Sontag is talking about how there are so many social metaphors that surround certain illnesses. Yeah. And her main point really is that like these metaphors don't help people. In fact, they make it harder for people to get well. Right. And often increase people's suffering. And that how can we think about disease outside of these metaphors is kind of the question that she poses. Yeah. And the two main illnesses that she focuses on are tuberculosis and cancer. And she talks about how like cancer has replaced tuberculosis as like the main illness that is like socially like narrated. Yeah. I guess would be a good word for it. Yeah, I think that's a good word mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. I love when she talks about tuberculosis as being really sexy. 
Because it is. Tuberculosis is so sexualized. Like, yeah, I mean, it's this like, you get felt and pale and cough up blood. So sexy. So sexy. (laughs) I mean, like, that's really like so many Victorian like looks and aesthetics are just like based around like looking consumptive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like seriously. So yeah, I mean, she talks about how like as the tuberculosis vaccine became like easily accessible in Western countries and like therefore people got tuberculosis less Mm -hmm. like the main disease that people would get that is like noticeable or talked about in the same like metaphorical way Mm -hmm. um is cancer and it's talked about very differently um we'll touch on some of the big parts of uh the metaphors around cancer that 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 she discusses so she talks about this and then she goes on to talk about she basically like as the aids epidemic starts happening she revisits this essay. So mm-hmm. basically AIDS and its metaphors is like a response to her previous work talking about how AIDS is now like becoming the metaphoric disease mm-hmm. um, more so than cancer at this time, which she was writing it in the 80s. Yeah. So like at the height of the AIDS epidemic. So she, this work gets published in 1989, yeah. which is about 10 years after the first one. Yeah. She also underwent cancer treatment mm-hmm. in that time and mm-hmm. had a very hands-on experience mm-hmm. as a patient, having mm-hmm. things kept from her and all of that. Mm -hmm. so I I think she revisits it both with like the surge of AIDS which was only like seven years old when um, she was writing this everyone who got AIDS died yeah so she's writing it with that perspective and then her own perspective as a sick person yeah so we wanted to talk about specifically the black parade in terms of illness Mm -hmm. for a pretty obvious reason yeah the patient the patient yeah right I mean this is entirely an album about somebody who is ill and dies Mm -hmm. so i mean you know not entirely whatever things are metaphorical etc blah 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 but like the way that they're framing it is as somebody who gets cancer and dies Mm -hmm. and i think we focus a lot on the the death aspects of that rather than the getting sick and dying aspects when that's actually a lot of the album it is yeah um how how does that happen to this person and what do they go through are questions we can also ask if we approach this through the lens of sontag it is written on the tin that mm-hmm. the patient has cancer yeah it says cancer this the title t- of the song, song is cancer. cancer yeah it's in fact one of mcr's shortest song titles yeah cancer just one word yeah just cancer cancer Gun. So, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> sorry, don't bring gun into I'm the sorry, room. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Notorious gun haters. We hate gun. We hate gun. Sorry. Hey guys, fuck gun. They had to have a bad one. Yeah, and it's gun. It's gun. It's fuck definitely gun. Fuck gun, gun forever. Yeah. Fuck gun forever. Every episode you're gonna hear us say fuck gun. Fuck gun. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, cancer. Cancer. So we're led to believe that this is the illness that this this individual is going through and experiencing and dying yeah. from. Should we? read cancer through that lens or should yeah. we should we talk about aids i we need to read cancer through that lens first okay yeah let's read cancer through that lens yeah um because i think it's really like some of the stuff that sontag talks about and something i want to talk about with this song is like you know she's very critical about certain language being used mm-hmm. um about cancer and about like people who have cancer and like how those metaphors don't help people with cancer right so I want to talk about like whether that language is being used here and Mm -hmm. like whether this is like how this is displaying cancer how like they're using cancer in this way as a theme as a metaphor Mm -hmm. how they're using cancer in this um in this album because I think that 
we can critique this song in this way. Totally. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's some there's some stuff to talk about with it. Yeah. Do we literally just read? Through? I don't think we should just read it. I, I, you guys know the words to cancer. You, guys know the, you can look up the words to cancer. Listen to cancer real quick. Listen to cancer real quick. Hey, that's take a song a we're talking about. Did you do it? You did it. If you I know you did it. Go do it. I know you did it. I believe you. Okay, great. We yeah. all believe you. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Cancer. Now let's get into it. Um, something that Sontag talks about, about cancer, especially when she's comparing it to like tuberculosis, is that she talks about how cancer is desexualizing. Mm, yeah. So like the cancer patient like shrivels and shrinks mm-hmm. and like that the person dying of cancer, and this is a quote, that she explicitly wrote in here. The person dying of cancer is portrayed as robbed of all capacities of self-transcendence, humiliated by fear and agony. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my agony. Yeah. So in that way, like, it is pretty explicitly, like, Uh what she's saying. They're, like, kind of using this as, like, a desexualizing, shrinking dreaded agonizing disease Uh dreaded agonizing experience and you know i don't think that this is necessarily bad i know that people who have family members with cancer whatever that this song means a lot to people yeah right i know that this is a song that means a lot to people but also you know what is that doing for like our image of the patient Uh like the image of the patient is as this person who is like awful just to see yeah you know yeah yeah the visual aspect is really interesting yeah yeah um and there's like a clear kind of like helplessness and like definite internalized shame yeah that comes with it like this this like lack of agency yeah that's really strong absolutely yeah so like that's my first thought about the lyrics Mm -hmm. um what is like cancer doing in the story? And like, is it doing something in the story or is it just meaning death? Does it just mean death? Hmm. Is my question. Hmm. Because something that Sontag talks about is that like in the popular imagination, cancer equals death. So like at this time when she's writing this, which I think that this has changed now Uh um, where people like get cancer and can live for a very long time. Yeah. But at this point it's like, of an invasion, like a ruthless invasion is Uh how it's framed. Right. With like, that they're suffering, they're in distress, and the only end, the only quote-unquote, like, end or, like, culmination of the disease is death. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, is this just, like, does cancer just mean death? Like, are they just using cancer to be death in this? And I don't know, maybe, maybe. I feel like it's, one could argue for and against Uh that, you Mm -hmm. know? I'm thinking about how it works musically with the rest of the album. Uh-huh. Like this is this is the slow song. Yeah. And like how does like a slower song in a musical usually work? Right. Or a slower song in like anything with m- music stitched together like that. Yeah. Like it is a pause. It's like a a, a reverie. I don't know if that's mm, the right yeah. word, but like a moment where you reflect on something. Yeah, sure. And I don't know if it's necessarily like the death moment of sure. the patient. I don't like, know if it is either. We yeah. we get House of Wolves right after, which is like descent into hell a little bit. Uh-huh. But I think we're on more of like a like Dante's Inferno Inferno journey sure. than we are like sure. actually dead after that. Totally. So I think it's like a moment of reflection sure. that, that okay. yeah. the patient learns more, but I don't know what he learns. So Yeah. Interesting. I know, and I, I can see that as well. Um yeah, I don't know. I was just like, like in conceptualizing this song and like 
the theme of cancer in the album. Obviously, I think like a lot of this album is about death. So I don't think it's like the only song that is about death. I yeah. think like as a full album, obviously, mm-hmm. like the concept is death and grief, etc. Yeah. Um, and like maybe this song is just like positioned as like one way that this can happen kind of outside ignoring the narrative of the patient or whatever. Like if we ignore that narrative and we just like take the album as like an external thing and like many songs kind of are about death on this. Like maybe this is just a song that is like one way to experience Mm -hmm. an illness that then culminates in something. Cause it does seem, you know, the way that like cancer is written is like, this is somebody who is dying, Yeah, you know, who is actively dying. Yeah. Um, and it isn't framed as like something that can be that like this person will get better. Yeah, there's not this is not a hopeful song. No, not this at all. is a goodbye. It is a right? goodbye. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. Like maybe chime in, guys. What do yeah. you think? Does yeah. can, does cancer in the Black Parade equal death? I don't know. I've read like discussions about Black Parade narrative overall yeah. of like does the guy actually die? Yeah, or sure. is this just reflection? Sure. And I think if the guy doesn't actually die, then it adds up as reflection. Right. But I think it also it also could mean death and it could be constraining in that way. Right. But the right. thing I love about Black Parade is there's so many ways to read it. Yeah. Totally. You know? I mean, I'm not, you know, here's the thing. If it does, if it is a song that is like essentially just meaning death, I don't necessarily think it's like they're therefore not like good as a song. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I feel like it's also worth mentioning, like maybe this doesn't completely line up with the way that Sontag is portraying cancer because this is a very dramatic and overwrought song. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's very like, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, melodrama, a little melodramatic. Yeah. Um, and like there's some performance to that that's uh-huh. a little fun, and yeah. I don't know, that feels more like tuberculosis to me. <laughs> that's an interesting point because like I feel the. Like tuberculosis is very dandy to me. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, like the dandy has tuberculosis yeah. kind of thing. So like it ends up reading as sometimes queer and pretty glam mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, My Chemical Romance glam? Who's ever said that? I don't we know would about never say that. that. We would never say we that. We would never say that. Um, she also says that like cancer is thought to be an inappropriate disease for a romantic character because mm. unromantic depression has supplanted the romantic notion of melancholy. So it's like people with cancer are expected to be um, depressed only mm-hmm. instead of melancholy. Melancholy uh-huh. is romantic. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Melancholy is romantic and sexy and kind of like ennui. And like there's this like very heightened, beautiful part of it mm-hmm. in some ways, right? And like that is how people with tuberculosis are thought of yeah. um, compared to like cancer where people who are cancer patients are thought of as being like essentially fully depressed as in void of emotion, as Mm -hmm. in like only despair as in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I feel like there is some of that in cancer, but then there's also this like very heightened romantic melodrama for it. Totally. So I think in that way, like, you're right. I feel like it does a little bit of the tuberculosis thing. It's It's getting, it's getting a little tuberculosis flair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, about like the fact that they're using cancer on this album is that she talks about like the psychology of cancer and like the like attributes that are often connected to people with cancer and like talks about how it's like a disease of like insufficient passion and afflicting those who are sexually repressed, inhibited, unspontaneous, and incapable of expressing anger. Mm-hmm. So it's like imagined to be the wages of repression. And 
I thought that that was really interesting when thinking about the Black Parade because a lot of some of the other Black Parade songs like frame the patient as like experiencing some kind of like like repressed sexual deviance kind Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. Um, This is just like the themes of my chemical romance totally. in general. But, yeah. you know, I feel yeah. like that's definitely, like, you know, we compare other songs to The Sharpest Lives, House of Wolves, many of the other songs, you mm-hmm. know? There is definitely that kind of yeah. feeling. I mean, Mama, obviously. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, I mean, we talked about in the Queer Time episode, like, the the father's expectations in Welcome to the Black Parade mm-hmm. are never met. Right. And that's a deviance, right? right? Like, that's a deviance from heteronormativity. Right. So, like, that's there, too. And yeah. I think that's that, that, that that's definitely in the same track of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the thing that I wanted Amazing. to say. Amazing. Yeah. So, the, um, the thing that I was thinking about was how cancer is perceived as like individualizing Mm -hmm. and like how responsibility comes into the picture in a way that it doesn't for tuberculosis so like if your body has cancer those are your cells that are doing something wrong Uh and it's your responsibility and like if if it's if if you are afflicted with cancer, it's because of something that you've done mm-hmm. or an orientation towards the world that you have. Uh-huh. Um, like she talks about the cancer personality, mm-hmm. like just general attitudes of people that are more, um, have a have a higher percentage chance of getting cancer. Right. Or like have a just predilection towards it. Right. Obviously that's not true. Right. We know from science that that's not true, but it becomes very blamey. Yeah. And that takes a lot of agency away from somebody and puts a lot of shame on them and right. like leads to the hopelessness. And that's exactly what Sontag is describing about how like metaphors hurt people. Right. Do we see that in Black Parade? I don't know. I don't know whether we see this in the Black Parade. I don't know. I feel like maybe the patient experiences that, but then also beats it. Hmm. How? To a degree. I don't know. I feel like the end is hopeful. The like, hardest part of this is not leaving you. cancer oh. <laughs> of Black Parade overall. Sure. Okay. Sure. 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 Like I, Famous right. Last Words is a very hopeful it is, song. It is a very hopeful song. You're and right. yeah. like I'm just thinking of like the journey overall doesn't leave us with the kind of. I right. Don't know. No, that's a good doesn't point. leave us in hopelessness and it doesn't leave us with an inevitable death that's somebody's fault. That's a good point because the placement of cancer in the album is very strategic. Mm-hmm. I feel like. It is not at the end of the album. Yeah. It would be a very different story if cancer was at the end of the album. It isn't. It's really in the middle. Also, it doesn't go into House of Wolves. It comes after House of Wolves. Oh. What comes after cancer? Mama. Oh. Well, I mean, that definitely feels like a... (laughs) Come on. Well. Well. Yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. Right. So, like, the placement in the album, you know? Like, it doesn't end... It doesn't end on this note. Yeah. But it is full of our mamas. Yeah. So it's like, it's either read as like, right, this person dies, potentially. Yeah. Potentially somebody dies and or has been dying or has died and whatever. And this is a reflection on the experience of death or whatever, um, or of like having an illness leading to death, et cetera. And then after that, there is like an experience of like the afterlife and another state of being. Or we can read it as like, this comes in the middle because 
somebody is continuing to live with something Mm -hmm. and like reflect on multiple experiences right yeah reflect on like having cancer reflect on going to war reflect on all of these things and continues to live so like I don't know obviously I think that there's like many ways to read the black parade we can Mm -hmm. read it as an experience of like dying and afterlife and grief or we can read it as an experience of like reflection on experiences in a life and like a continuing on so I think either of those readings are cool and good yeah I truly would love to hear people's thoughts about cancer as a song and like whether we feel like the metaphors and language being used are like helpful or harmful or whether they're both or whether they're neither you know I think it would be interesting to hear your thoughts so Mm -hmm. write in Mm -hmm. okay thanks Let's talk about AIDS yeah. in this context. I don't think the song's about cancer. I think the song's about AIDS. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I think more. the song's about AIDS. Um, there's just this very, there's these like references to family yeah. and like distance from family. The isolation yeah. of the song, like cancer is not necessarily an isolating it isolates the individual to the degree that it puts responsibility on the individual. Sure. And it can be, like, shameful. Um, but what what Sontag is saying in AIDS and its metaphors is that AIDS has taken over a lot of the worst metaphors that cancer um, took on in the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so something she says in AIDS' metaphor is – or AIDS and its metaphors is um, – Because of countless metaphoric flourishes that have made cancer synonymous with evil, having cancer has been experienced by many as shameful, therefore something to conceal and also unjust, a betrayal by one's body. Why me? The cancer patient exclaims bitterly. With AIDS, the shame is linked to an imputation of guilt, and the scandal is not at all obscure. Few wonder why me. Indeed, to get AIDS is precisely to be revealed, in the majority of cases so far, as a member of a certain risk group, a community of pariahs. The illness flushes out an identity that might have remained hidden from neighbors, job mates, family, and friends. So it's a disease of deviance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And therefore of perversity and also of distance. That is definitely something we could notice in these lyrics yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it was like intended to be written about AIDS, I think that it is really that kind of strained familial tension combined with the like bury me in all my favorite colors my sisters and my brothers still yeah like feels very connected to a specifically queer experience of disease Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and another thing that I'm thinking about is like how it it focuses on appearance in a way that I think I mean Sontag talks about like how Cancer isn't always something that's visible. I think it becomes visible when you undergo chemo, but right. it's not all like it. AIDS is something that is much more visible, especially when it manifests as lesions. Yep. And especially like on your face, it just becomes impossible to like hide. It's right. a very visible thing that people can yeah. use against you. Right. Um, and things like my lips are chapped and faded. My hair is abandoned. My body, I'm awful just to see. Right. Like, it's very visual. It's yeah. very about like how you are perceived because of your illness. Yeah. Um, which at le- just following Sontag seems to fit better with AIDS than cancer oh, yeah. for me. But I don't know. I-, I-, I think that it's interesting that we can read it as either illness. And that shows how strong the metaphor is. 
Why do they cross over? Mm-hmm. I guess is a question Sontag doesn't really answer, but is interesting. Why do we have to see sick people this way? Why do we have to narrate illness this way? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a broad or grand statement, but the way that these dominant illnesses pick up the same themes mm-hmm. even though they are very different illnesses with very different prognoses yeah like there are themes that carry over yeah definitely I think that's definitely true for me I think it's the desexualizing mm-hmm. right and like I, th- I want to talk about this a little bit more as we talk a little more about like chronic illness and disability in general mm-hmm. but Something I was talking about with a uh, friend of the pod, Lou. Hey, friend of the friend pod, of the pod friend Lou. Of the pod, Lou. You will not listen probably. Let's send them a timestamp so they listen. can listen for three a, seconds. They literally, they literally were like, I'd love to hear myself be called friend of a pod. And I'm like, well, you won't fucking listen, will yeah. you? So if you're going to have to listen to a little bit of my chemical romance. I guess you're going to have to listen. Friend of the pod. Something that myself and friend of the pod, Lou, were talking about was that in general, disabled people are de-sexed and like asexualized mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. right so like disabled people are thought of as not being able to like conceptualize desire as not being able to like um, experience desire or sexual interest in a certain way and also not being able to be sexy when people become visually ill as with when people are visually disabled they also become like de-sexed and asexed in that way so like i think that that's kind of what's being picked up on here is like the fact that like both cancer and AIDS when visible in this way, when when really visual, becomes a like an a non-sexy thing. Yeah. Right. I think that's more complicated because of the connection that AIDS has to sex specifically and like deviant sex. Mm-hmm. It takes the place of cancer as like a blamed illness, mm-hmm. where it's like you aren't beautiful anymore because of something fucked up you did Mm -hmm. because of something you chose to do because of a deviant like perversion either you're a drug user or you're what you're a member of a risk you're you're, you know you're you're a risk group you're a quote-unquote risk group so it's like connected to sexuality in a different way but like gets read in similar ways as people become viewed as sick as people Mm -hmm. become viewed as like sick or disabled etc yeah And I think, I guess, to connect it, it comes back to normativity, doesn't it? Like, that's the story that we're telling in both cases is, like, you've done something wrong socially, and that's why you're sick, and you need to get better. Right. So society can get better. Right. And so, like, I think through that, it, like, you know, that seems like what is being written about here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, like, of course it feels like it. Yeah. Like, it feels like AIDS Mm -hmm. to queer people if we're reading it that way. Um, Also, the know that I will never marry. Yeah, where's that come from? It can be read as somebody who is like, whatever, mm-hmm. perhaps dying too soon. Yeah. But it could also be read in different queerer ways. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. We just went on a little bit of a... No, I love it. I think okay. we like beat the song up in a big I way. Like, I think we song beat it up. up. I think we absolutely <laughs> fucking pummeled this song, dude. <laughs> we absolutely pummeled it. Please, please, everyone. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts. This is a sticky one. I like that we don't have a clear answer on this one. It's a sticky one and it's also complicated to talk about. Because yeah. I think that like, as we said, like people have different experiences of disability. People have different experiences of illness. It's, you know, I think disability and illness share some things, but don't share everything. So mm-hmm. it's like not everything is applicable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think it like becomes really interesting to talk about specifically with this text and with other texts. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, we can share the PDF maybe. I don't know. Or try to. Of uh, illness. Illness? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
check it out, read it. If you have thoughts about it where you hear this and you're like, hey, I think that this thing you said is wrong, mm-hmm. please tell us. We always like, love to hear that. We, I love like, to hear. Like unironically no, love to hear that yeah. I'm wrong. So yeah. if you think that we are wrong, if you think that we've said something and you're like, I don't think that that's right, slide into the inbox. Slide into the DMs, babe. All right, we beat the shit out we of this We beat song. the shit out of cancer. What else? <laughs> we, we beat cancer. We beat cancer today on this spot. <laughs> um, so one of the biggest metaphors that Sontag is talking about yeah. in both cancer and AIDS is war. Yeah. Um, war, when you look at both of these diseases and their prognoses and where they come from, becomes something that you can use to narrate somebody's own struggle with an illness. Mm -hmm. Um, So with cancer, it becomes about like defeating an unnatural growth inside Uh of you. And you are at war with this invader that's in your body. And it's also yourself, but it's not. And like you've got to do what you can to to battle it and to defeat it. And there are all these like war this war rhetoric yeah that gets brought up along somebody's yeah battle with cancer it's the fight with cancer yeah it's the crusade against cancer Mm -hmm. it's the killer disease people are victims people are like cancer cells are invasive cancer cells are colonizing cancer cells are like your cells are putting up a defense against it like Mm -hmm. these are the words one use Mm -hmm. these are the words we use for this yeah often very commonly Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that, like, she says that I really like and that I think is really interesting is that immunologists class cancer cells as non-self. Yeah. So it becomes, like, a disease of the other. She Mm -hmm. uses capital O, the other. And how it's, like, almost possession. Yeah, possession and invasion and violence. And it's framed in this, like, yeah, really, really violent, like you gotta eradicate it right kinda. exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um absolutely yeah and like the hello radiator the radiator's here radiator on the pod we're actually taking off in a spaceship right now yeah. you can't see us but we're zooming off mm-hmm. into space mm-hmm. i i liked what you said about possession because yeah. that's like that's different that's a different metaphor to be haunted <laughs> by something yeah. is a different thing than being invaded by it yeah totally um because like an invader, you orient a, a military strategy around and a ghost you can kind of hang out with. Not an de- enemy but not a demon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not I'm a not. demon. I don't know. You cast out a demon. You're, You're not casting out demons? What? You gotta cast out your demons. Yeah, you gotta cast your demons. This is what I'm saying. You gotta cast <laughs> your demons out. You can't hang out with a demon. Oh, you can't hang out with a demon. Yeah, you can't hang out with yeah. a demon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway. fair. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, you can if you're a fucking freak. Great point about demons, if you're, Marin. If you're a freak like that, you totally could. Um, unholy verse mention? What do we think? <laughs> no way. Unholy verse on the pod? Unholy verse on the pod? Should we like do a critical reading of unholy verse? I'm not above it. I actually. literally would actually love to. Wait, holy shit, should we do I that? I think maybe we should do that. Okay, great. Because it's that really be, good. Maybe that could be a next episode thing <gasps> between like this and Danger Days. I like that. Okay. How would you guys feel if we did an unholy verse review on the? Pod? You don't have to listen to it if you, you don't. You also want can to. just skip that up. Yeah. No biggie. But what if we say some cool stuff? You'll but never what if know. We, what if we read unholy verse? <laughs> Demons. Um. No. Oh. Okay. Demons. <laughs> the Kim Petra song. The Kim Petras of it Rules. all. Excellent. Um, um. To loop it back around, we were talking about how war. Yeah. 
is a metaphor that is pervasive both for cancer and for AIDS. Yeah. But at the level of AIDS, it's more narrated on a like body politic level than mm-hmm. it at than it is in like the individual body. So yeah. like it's more about contagion and infection of like individuals. It's about plague. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is about plague. And that's exactly the word that Sontag yeah. uses, right? Like it is about like it's still about defeating an invader, mm-hmm. but you're defeating it a little differently. Totally. Um Yeah. I, I feel that war metaphors get used for cancer more than they do for AIDS. I think that is true. But I also, you know, we're living much further in the future from when she was writing. Yeah. And it may have been more pervasive in media back then. Totally. Yeah. So where else do we see war being used and talked about? In the Black Parade. Really? Yeah. Mother War. Cool. What should we say about that? Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it's Here's the thing. It's there. Yeah. I feel I don't have a lot of strong thoughts about Mother War because like yeah. as a character, she shows up in the Black Parade music video. Yeah. She looks scary. She's one of the people ushering the, the parade through. Yeah. And... I also feel like, you know, she has this presence in Mama. Mm-hmm. So Mama's about war. Mama's about war. How yeah. do we know it's about war? Because of the language we're using. Yeah. Mother, what's the war did to my legs and to mm-hmm. my tongue? Yeah. You can cotter the infection. They can amputate at once. There's a yeah. lot of very physical bodily words about like the experience of a body mm-hmm. in war becoming disabled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what's happening in those lyrics. Yeah. Something is being amputated. Mm-hmm. Something is like your legs don't work the same way. Yeah. Or whatever. It's very bodily. It's very bodily. Yeah. And we often ignore that because we're focusing on you should have raised a baby girl. I should have been a better son. Uh-huh. And that is like a very important lyric in there. We know we love it. But all the lyrics surrounding it mm-hmm. are so physical and bodily yeah. and about the experience of somebody who isn't experiencing disability from war. Mm-hmm. And ooh, my brain's just like transgender body horror, transgender body horror. <laughs> oh, man. No, literally though. Yeah. It is a song about becoming different. Mm-hmm. It is a song about your body physically yeah. changing, right? Mm-hmm. And we can read that in a transgender way as yes. we often do. Mm-hmm. And we can read that in a, a disability studies way. Uh-huh. I'm just like, I feel like I'm having a bunch of little blasts and I don't know how to connect them all. But yeah. like something, something, war and the masculinity of war. Ooh, and the femininity of the mother. And the femininity of the mother. Who coddles. Who is coddling. And, but also regret in masculinity. Mm. This is a very regretfully masculine song. Like, mm-hmm. I, you should. You're, you're not, you ain't no son of mine. I sh- you should have raised a baby girl. Like the masculinity in this song, the war masculinity is like, which I think we've talked about before maybe, mm-hmm. is like n- not aspirational. It is painful mm-hmm. and requires change. And also war in itself provokes change, disability change, physical change in bodies, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Is this something... <laughs> I think it is something. I don't have a clear articulation of it, but I do think it's something. And like here, change is clearly framed in the negative. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a song that we critique through the the lens that Sontag is talking about. That like here, illness is nothing but suffering. Yeah. I don't 
know. It's like a tone thing, though, it's still, kind of too. T- yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's really quite pleasant, except for the smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's cheeky. It is cheeky. It's like, ah, uh, cut my leg off, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, cut my mm. leg off. <laughs> mm, cut it off. Uh, <laughs> you know? What did the war do to my legs and my tongue? Uh-huh. Like, oh, man. Are we tubercular again? I don't know. The thing about this whole album is that, like, maybe this whole album, the thing about, the thing about melodrama, the thing about melodrama and glam is that nothing ever feels too serious. Yeah. So, like. And camp. And camp, yeah, right, exactly. Is that nothing ever feels too serious, and it feels a little like filth is my politics. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It feels a little like that, Ooh. where it's like um, I have a fucking infection, and my tongue and my legs are fucked, and mm-hmm. this is the tone I'm preaching it, approaching yeah. it with. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it doesn't feel like this is all. I mean, it feels a little bit like, oh, this is all horrifying, but it also feels like it's celebratory. You raise yeah. your glass high for tomorrow we fucking die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is it that feels- acceptance? Maybe. Is that what that is? I-, I don't know. Is it acceptance or is it just like, just a grim celebration? I don't know. Yeah. There's something going on there. The tone is like, I think that there's definitely some critique to be had mm-hmm. for the way that that's framed, but I also think it's like not quite, I think it's kind of, yeah. That's I a good point. It's fun. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's a fun song. Mm-hmm. It's not framed as a song that's like, oh man, this is so horrific and terrible. It's a it's polka. A it's a fucking polka. It's a polka. We're dancing. <laughs> We're literally dancing. We are. Like at that part, I think about like at that part when Gerard is performing it and they're like, well, mother, what's the word into my legs and to my, t-? you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like the, the like physical bodily gendered experience of it is like so over the top and extreme. It like, mm-hmm. it's revelry. Are we, are we performing and reveling in the way that our bodies are changing, even if they are changing in ways that we didn't anticipate them changing in? That may be really sexy, actually. Right? That may be really, like, actually we're going to celebrate having our bodies decay. It's quite in, pleasant, except for the smell. Yeah. <sighs> it's a rejection of the metaphors. Yeah. But they're doing it through the metaphors. They're doing, yeah. Gerard. Hello. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> Maybe a lot happening. <laughs> Hey guys, because I feel like we're really on to something here. I think so because too. we can't get to the point. Like yeah. it is. No, I feel like we're like. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Th- the thing is, is, like I think we've reached many points. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I think we're circling around yeah. something really big. Yeah, but like, and whenever you get there, then you know you have a master's thesis that you need to write. <laughs> I know, I know but we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do it, guys. Sorry. So war imagery, compelling, compelling, guys. Tell us your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Tell us your thoughts on the tone. Tell us your thoughts on the language. Tell us your thoughts. It's like, I don't feel like we have enough here to like consider the Black Parade as a like new nuanced perspective on illness. You I, yeah, know? I don't necessarily like, think that it is. And but. I think trying to read it through the Sontag lens also doesn't quite add up. Yep. Like MCR broadly is doing something with illness here that like iterates on mm-hmm. metaphors mm-hmm. that have existed before in ways that can be both constraining and liberating. And playful. And playful. And playful. Yeah, I think that maybe that's how I feel about this whole album. Mm-hmm. Definitely some critiques that we can have of language, but I think the overall tone yeah. is what makes that language or those like those the use of those metaphors mm-hmm. not read as so severe. Yeah. Because it's not clinical. Yeah. It's like it's joyful and larger than life. And it, it, it's crazy how they've just doubled Sontag over herself here. Yeah, totally. They camped illness as a metaphor. They literally camped it. They camped it. They were like, they were like, so what if we... 
like they like made this a little they added a certain tone on top of these very serious metaphors yeah. that Sontag is critiquing like there's not levity in illness's metaphor or no, AIDS in its metaphor there's no levity yeah. like there is in Notes on Camp right right so I feel like they add that levity here and they do it in a very like nuanced and effective way mm-hmm. that like also has very visual elements to it right yeah. that lends to that camp serious non-seriousness yeah yeah man i really hope that susan sontag got to listen to the black parade i think about this all the time because she would have fuck i'm like i feel like you would have found it so fun babe all right we got somewhere there i think we got somewhere there we totally did yeah all right what is next we wanted to talk about frank a little so let's talk about frank i read through the stomach lyrics uh, the stomach the stomach lyrics (laughs) I read the stomach lyrics. I read the stomach. I've seen the stomach lyrics. I've seen the stomach lyrics. Um, I read through the stomach aches lyrics today because cool. I didn't have time to listen to the whole album. Yep. And sometimes I can't understand what the fuck he's saying. He whines. He whines. He mumbles. He pronounces words. A weird. Little weird. Weird. Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey. 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 Infec- Jersey. Infected with New Jersey. The hor- oh, that's, that's a horrible illness. And that's a horrible illness. <laughs> yeah. And... I ha- I don't know if you have thoughts up front, but I have a couple of thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. Just like, what is this album about? Yeah. What's this album about I feel overall? I like this is something we should... That was really the reason I wanted to talk yeah. about this in this pod, because I feel like we've been circling a little bit mm-hmm. around stomach aches. And you know me, I don't like to write down quotes. Totally. So I just have some loose ideas. Awesome. I think Love that it. this is about fear and opportunity and potential and healing. I think those are great themes. Um, I think that overall, it's also about... I think a good thesis for stomach aches is I hate my weaknesses. They made me who I am. Really grappling with like parts of yourself that you can't change, whether that is like a predilection towards violence or having chronic illness and like not being able to get out of bed or being constantly in pain. Like that's feeling furious about that is something I really relate to. And then also like you see the way that it doubles over into a lot of things like beyond the body for Frank. Yes, I think that when people listen to Stomach Aches, they they read the illness as a metaphor mm. for Gerard Way. Yeah. To mean Frank Iero's relationship with Gerard Way. Mm-hmm. I think some of that is true. I think some of it is about being in a band mm-hmm. um, in that this was written in a period of uncertainty and in a period w- looking towards some kind of healing from mm-hmm. leaving something that was hard to leave. And I also think Frank is a chronically ill person and mm-hmm. like has talked about how. The album's fucking called Stomach Aches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I feel Frank's stuff that is written almost explicitly about his chronic illness mm-hmm. and his chronic illnesses and like his experience of living with a chronic illness and like being in a band and being married to somebody and whatever mm-hmm. are overlooked due to like queer potential because it's like sexier and more fun to like speculate that way yeah which is interesting when we're thinking about like disability as something that is like desexualizing or whatever blah blah mm-hmm. blah but we need to recognize when things are about what they're about yeah and what artists say they're about too yeah. like sometimes like, people tell you yeah Except yeah. for known liar Gerard Way, who they lie, they lie all the time. Yeah, um, but we don't know that about Frank. No, so, we don't. Like Frank let's is definitely pretty straightforward. Him. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I think that yeah, reading this album as about Gerard is not productive, and I yeah, it's maybe disrespectful to Frank too. It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't know. I think a lot about like how people talk about and conceptualize Frank's chronic illness as like oh, like you funny man. It's cutesy sometimes. And like, 
how it's like only sexy when he's displaying it in certain ways. Like mm-hmm. I think about like during Black Parade when like he like wore an oxygen mask on stage because mm-hmm. he was ill and people were like, this is so brave and amazing. Yeah. And whatever. And the way people talk about and conceptualize that and like how for people who are chronically ill mm-hmm. and specifically with chronic illnesses that are like invisible most of the time, mm-hmm. those things are only ever talked about about you when you make them visible to people. Yeah. When it's something that's like readable off of you. And like we know that Frank is a person who not only has like chronic stomach problems, not only has other chronic illnesses, not only, ha- but also like experiences like a lot of chronic pain and like Mm -hmm. all of these things and how people talk about the way he moves on stage now and Mm -hmm. how people talk about the way he dresses on stage now too funny that he like fell off a ladder blah 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 and it's like hey this is like what you are picking up on is that somebody is experiencing something in their body somebody is a chronically ill person yeah and experiencing things in their body and portraying their body a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's treated very strangely in the fandom, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Or ignored. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of it is like people pick up on the way that Frank narrates it himself, mm-hmm. which is like, if this guy couldn't play the guitar, he wouldn't know what to do. So he works and works and works so he can do the thing that he enjoys the most in the world, right? And in doing so, we kind of fall into a narrative of someone overcoming their disability. Uh Uh-huh. And that's not super fun. But also, like, Frank's deal is his deal. And his body's his body. And, like, reducing the pain you experience is always good. Right. (laughs) You know, no matter what metaphors you use to describe it. Right. We can just be We can be more cautious about the way that we talk about Frank's, like, pain and injuries and illnesses specifically Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. we can be more we can just be more conscious about it yeah and how we frame the art that he makes about it and Mm -hmm. how we frame whatever in general i think context context Context. even a little bit of context we love context we love context we love context Mm -hmm. and nuance and don't even get me started on nuance I almost took a drink of my microphone. Oh, no. Just like Gerard. Just like Gerard. Just like Gerard. Oh my God. Wow, we're like just mother, the same. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, just like my mom. Just like my mom. <laughs> um, something that Frank has also talked about is his experience with mental illness in general, but also like following being in that bus accident and how like he has like struggled with feeling like intense derealization and stuff Mm. where he's like maybe I didn't actually survive maybe I didn't actually make it out Mm -hmm. there are some days where I'm not sure yeah the way that that kind of experience translates into music as well translates into the rest of your life whatever Mm -hmm. and like the thing is is that this is a band with like people who are chronically ill or mentally ill addicts yeah and like those themes often I feel go really un- analyzed and mm-hmm. unrealized in like discussions about MCR. I really want to do a, an ep- a full episode yeah. on mental illness and yeah. addiction. I think it would be a helpful framing for a lot of these songs. And I know that somebody asked something about framing vampires that way. So mm-hmm. anyway. Medello. Hey. I also I have um, flat kombucha in kombucha and then I tasted it and it was flat and I was Aww. like I can't, I can't do anything about what? this That's sweet though That's nice of you <laughs> I gotta get some fresh kombucha yeah. I have literally no other liquids in my apartment right now oh, no. I have water and flat kombucha whatever. Yeah, whatever. that's all you need water flat kombucha that's it that's it I love how you say kombucha what do you say kombucha 
What do you like? C U M bucha. Kombucha. Kombucha. You say kombucha. Yeah. Oh, I say kombucha. Yeah. yeah. It's spelled like that. Yeah, it is. I'm probably wrong. I, th- I don't think it's a wrong way it's to a, pronounce it. It's a Midwesternism. Kombucha, yeah. Kombucha. Yeah, no, I say calm. Whatever. Oh, you yeah. say kombucha. I say kombucha. I'll kombucha. I'll, ooh. Tough, tough, guys. I'll come some booch um, for you. That's not good. Is that's that not worse? better. Yeah, it's definitely not better. It's not better, but is it worse? <laughs> I'll come some booch for you. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> it's definitely worse. Um, she come on my booch to like, yeah. Oh, weak. <laughs> Little weak. Yeah. Not good. Did you know you can prevent that from happening? I did, and I just decided not to, yeah. <laughs> you were like, Marin just slopped a beer over, like did not tilt the glass. I just, didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Sometimes you want you want to have to suck down some foam you know no i don't <laughs> you, just, you just want a bunch of air bubbles i never want to suck down some foam i'm just gonna let it do its thing you know i know how to drink beer you want a straw i know how to drink beer idris doing <laughs> misogyny to me misogyny <laughs> yeah. yeah to you yeah <laughs> yeah to me wow <laughs> i didn't know it was possible <laughs> Me notoriously more of a boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LOL. Um, LOL. 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 All right. Angels in America. Serious, serious, shit. serious shit. Serious podcast for serious people. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, could we all find our notes for angels? Nope. But um, uh, we calling me out a little. Sorry. I just, it was vague. It, it was, was one of the two of us. It was vague. It was one of the two of us. Um, angels. Yeah. It's about illness. It sure is. It sure is about illness. Um, It is centrally about AIDS, and we talked about that in the first episode. We talked about it in the first episode, um, and we wanted to, you know, number one, consider it through a Sontag lens, Mm -hmm. because she also writes about AIDS. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a part in AIDS as a metaphor. She talks about change and globalization and, like, globalizing illness. Maybe. There's a part in Angels in America, like, actually a very central recurring theme about change and motion, mm-hmm. right? And that, that change is always happening. This is what the angels ask for prior to stop for humanity, and right. which is ultimately impossible because right. people are always changing and going. It's a theme of, like, diaspora. It's yeah. a theme of, like, um, you know, Harper wants to go on her vacations. She wants to see the world. She thinks about the ozone layer and just, like, this... Yeah global scale that like Sontag also talks about as like she's writing at a time when there's a surge of AIDS in Africa right too um and the illness itself is globalizing yeah I think those that 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 movement and its connection to illness Sontag recognizes and then we also see it play out here totally yeah the themes that are relevant in the Black Parade are also relevant here right yeah about sexual perversity about like being part of a risk group, being whatever, like all those things. Um, Yeah, I mean, another quote that she says about the risk group stuff is, um, in contrast to cancer, understood in a modern way as a disease incurred by and revealing of individuals, AIDS is understood in a pre-modern way as a disease incurred by people both as individuals and as members of a risk group. Mm. That neutral-sounding bureaucratic category, which also revives the archaic idea of a tainted community that illness has judged. So I mean, we see that. Yeah. We also see that. We also in see angels. that in angels. Um, yeah. Very obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the plague. That's the plague of it all. Yeah. The plague of it all. Yeah. 
Angels also, I mean, to kind of segue from like the mental illness stuff that we were talking about earlier, deals with both like physical and mental illness. Yeah. Harper's mental illness is very front and center. Um, And we see similar things happen with Pryor when he starts to have visions. Yeah. So there is something I think that this play does really well, which is like taking those visions seriously. Yeah. Like in this narrative they are not delusions they are actual visitations yeah Um, so one of the quotes that i did write down on this document is maybe the virus is the prophecy this idea that like those who are like maybe experiencing like an altered state of consciousness from like what we consider to be the norm mm -hmm. or like um either from illness or from some kind of disability or from just like being mentally ill like being people who are speaking truth, who are like connected to, mm-hmm. who are connected to an angel, who are connected to a spirit, who are connected to something. Mm-hmm. I think that that is like often a problematic view of like yes. mental illness and Agreed. has been used in ways that are really problematic for people who are mentally ill mm-hmm. as like, you're a seer and you can see different, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But I think the way it's framed in the show is not fucked mm-hmm. up. I think it's given a level of sincerity and severity yeah i guess yeah um, yeah yeah and like narrative legitimacy narrative legitimacy is a great term. yeah 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 totally yeah yeah so um, anyway don't do that to people don't do that to people <laughs> but no. in the show i think it's done really in a really compelling yeah. way but for fictional yeah. characters in a narrative right yeah. it's done um, right and it's just about i think it's also about the way it's the way it's used yeah, so. yeah. and like this is where i really want to like recognize a gap in my own reading is yeah. that like i know there's literature out there that like talks about schizophrenia totally and like talks about like madness and voices and like really takes it seriously mm-hmm. and like has really compelling things to say about people who experience that. Like, a group of people that are, like, socially pariahs. Right. right? Like, really treated poorly. Right. I would love to to read and talk more about seeing things and hearing things and having visions. And And I think that that would be an interesting thing to do on this podcast because Gerard also talks about it. So It could be a cool episode. So, hey, if you have any disability studies stuff that specifically references schizophrenia. Yeah, you got some recs. Would love to read that. Send them along. Everything that I've read about schizophrenia has been like Deleuze and Guattari, which is fucking tough. Like it's all metaphor for them. Like it's not about actual people. Um, yeah, and that's no good. And it's no often. good. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Not that I don't love to lose some quarters. They're fun. They're fun to read. They're but like fun. But if we're talking about this, we're talking about no. I don't no. think it's appropriate. No, no, no. Yeah. Um. Something that I quoted here. Let me see if I can find the quote. I just looked this up. It's something that Roy Cohn says. There's a quote where he says the worst thing about being sick in America is you're booted out of the parade. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I found compelling. Mm-hmm. I found compelling phrasing. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I have much to say about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Sontag, I believe, uses the phrase the kingdom of the sick to, to talk we about this. We haven't talked about that quote yet. Yeah. Yeah. Can we look that up? I have it written down. Hey, talk about it. Um, <laughs> quote guy. So her quote is, everyone who was born holds dual citizenship in the kingdom of the well and in the kingdom of the sick. Sooner or later, each of us is obliged, at least for a spell, to identify ourselves as citizens of that other place. Mm-hmm. So she uses these terms of like citizenship and kingdoms. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And parades similarly. Yeah. 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 The physicality and like positioning in space that like people who are disabled, people who are sick experience 
obviously experience the world very differently from people who are like, yeah, for people who are non-disabled. Just the idea that you don't participate in like life and capitalism in like the like American dream Mm -hmm. and this like big holy idea of like what America is and can be if you don't fit certain things. And those things involve being being not sick, Mm -hmm. being not sick, being not disabled, being able-bodied and strong and ready to work and fight for your country Mm -hmm. and whatever. So in America, when you're ill, you're no longer like thought of, right? Mm -hmm. You're not considered to be a citizen in some ways. Mm -hmm. I also think the imagery of the parade is interesting here. Not just for MCR reasons, Mm -hmm. but for motion reasons, Mm -hmm. for trajectory reasons. Mm -hmm. Like you are booted out of the parade, you are on the sidelines and the parade is passing you and you can't, like you have lost your agency. And still so much agency is asked of you in order to be able to return because you've got to fight your illness. You've got to defeat your illness if you want to get back in. Which is a motion of its own, right? And like we see that with Pryor, like he accepts his illness and is visited by these angels and then in rejecting the prophecy that they give to him starts to move more and he has such this like strong will to live that it like i don't know what all of that is doing but like these tensions of motion and agency are really at play yeah here yeah eli claire eli claire yeah should we do a quick summary and then come sure, back in? Sure, that's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't read the whole book. We read parts of it. I've read other parts of it at other times. Totally. Eli Claire, to give a little bit more background, is a queer, trans, disabled scholar. Um, he has written about disability for a really long time. And um, this book specifically is about cure mm-hmm. and how we talk about cure mm-hmm. and how we expect cure from sick people. And what that does socially. Right. Um, I think the overall thesis of this book is like cure, expecting cure from the sick reinforces normative values. 100%. I think that that's totally true. Like violently. Like he talks about how at a social level, we like seek to cure disability. Right. And in doing so, we tell some people that their lives aren't worth living. Right. The violence of eradication really like, lights up with what Sontag is talking about too. Like the, the yeah. war metaphors are, are there and feed into that. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's talking about cure and he's talking about how it reinforces these concepts of what is natural for a body to do. Yeah. And also he he also for a mind. He uses this expression body mind. Yep. Um that like we love. We love We love the term body mind. Yeah. yeah. Um which like he refuses to separate bodies and minds. Mm-hmm. Um which is really cool. That's a that's a very Western Cartesian dualism. Yeah, that's the totally. big one. Um, so in doing so, um, I think we can talk about cure for mental illnesses and cure for like bodily illnesses in yeah. the same kind of sphere. Oh, there's also I want to mention this before we get into it because it's not really relevant to Angels in America. Cool. But so much of his writing is about climate. It is and there's about nature. About yeah. And about, like, climate pessimism. Yeah. Because we have so many conversations about how, like, the planet is dying. How yeah. do we save the planet? Yeah. And, like, the answer is, like, damage done. Yeah. Like, right. how do we live with the damage rather yeah. than seek to go back to something that's impossible? Yeah. And that's how many disabled people live. Right. How do I live with my body and my mind because there's nothing to return to. Right. This is what I've got. Right. Like, how do I do my best with what I've got? Right. And, like, live and love and all of that. Right. Like, 
that is possible and many, many people do it. And yeah. to approach nature and the climate in the same way is kind of what you have to do at this point because there's no going back. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a lot to say about that. I, yeah. think. I don't know whether I want to <laughs> get into it. But, well, and similarly, the idea of this like pure, this pure natural state without people yeah. that had existed beforehand mm-hmm. um, is colonial. That's a colonial concept. People have always been around. If you look at a photo that's a broad expanse or a, a painting of a broad expanse of wilderness in a, in a national park, congratulations, you've been impacted by colonialism. Yeah. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it. Yeah. There is no pure, untouched thing to return to. Mm-hmm. There is not that conception of like mm-hmm. my body was this pure untouched thing before mm-hmm. and now it is like been marred in some way he's explicitly speaking against that and so i think is a really interesting way to think about yeah both disability and about the climate and the way that we interact with the world the way we think about appropriating lands the way we think about not necessarily like a focus on a world without people because it isn't something that exists as well as like a world without disability is not a thing that exists so i think it's a really compelling um dual discussion to have yeah Yeah. totally yeah we got to find a reason to talk about climate and mcr because i feel like it would be really interesting i want to talk about apocalypse and we can talk about climate and apocalypse Ooh, i like that yeah okay okay so to return a reading of of cure yeah to angels in america do you want to lead it since you have the quotes? <laughs> sure. The whole end of Angels in America is that we want more life. We want to mm-hmm. live anyway. We live past hope. Yeah. Is the phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just an idea of a, a continuation and not even necessarily like a grappling with in a negative way, mm-hmm. but like a, a living with. Like yeah. a living alongside that of that being a relationship to an illness of like, this is something I'm we're we're inhabiting each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my body in space and the way that my body interacts with people and the way that my body interacts with itself is like a fully formed and realized thing. And the life that I'm living is value because I'm living it. So like that mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. is yeah. in Eli Claire very much. Yeah. And is also very much in Angels prior is at the end living with AIDS mm-hmm. is a person living with AIDS for however long. We mm-hmm. don't know. He's mm-hmm. living with AIDS now and he will continue to live with AIDS. Yeah. I love, I, I don't know why the phrasing living with AIDS just struck me so strongly because we don't describe people as living with cancer. Yeah. It's always a battle against cancer. Right. But exactly. like, I, I mean, specifically, like living with AIDS becomes possible in the 90s. Yeah. It's not possible in the 80s. Nobody right. lives with AIDS. Right. But there's still no cure, right? Like there's still no full recovery. Right. There's only existing with. Right. There, You made a really good point about like how it's, like you're living alongside others. Mm-hmm. It's collectivizing in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, don't have the quote in front of me, but like, I do. Amazing. Oh, wow, I wrote oh down God, a quote, guys. I wrote down yeah. a quote. Okay. This is, uh, this is just the end of the, the, the play, but this disease will be the end of many of us, but not nearly all. And the dead will be commemorated and, the, and struggle on with the living. Right. And we are not going away. We won't die secret deaths anymore. The world only spins forward. We will be citizens. The time has come. Right. But like we will struggle on with the living yeah. or the, the dead will struggle on with the living. Like yeah. they are carried with us right. as we live with this thing. Right. 
And if we are cured of it, are we cured of them as well? Like yeah. by living with it, yeah. like we keep them alive. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And I think it's like, it definitely brings into question this idea. Like Eli Claire talks about like selective eugenics for people mm-hmm. who are going to have children with Down syndrome and mm-hmm. things like that. And like this idea of like, does life and does the world have more value because these people aren't in it, mm-hmm. you know? And like how we must carry everybody along with us especially if we are somebody who is like whatever experiencing an illness experiencing a disability experiencing whatever i feel like whatever we're primed to be in community with each other and carry one another and like that should be the value for everybody Mm -hmm. right that like these are whatever hot huge hot take on the pod these are valuable lives and valuable experiences of living outside of the Mm -hmm. american norm we hold one another. We hold one another. We need one another. We need one another. We need one another. We especially like like people who are marginalized need other people who are marginalized. Yeah. Especially like people who are experiencing illness need other people who are experiencing illness yes, and disability. Totally. And yep. you need community. And when you try to rip pieces of that community apart, it just becomes like survival becomes harder for those other people. Do you have anything else to say? Do we have anything else to um, say? I may have a little more... Um, oh, I guess one thing that that Eli Claire also talks about is that like cure, like striving for cure is not always bad. Like when it is the only thing that you ever strive for, that's when it becomes bad. When it's like the first thing, like the first and last thing that's presented to someone who's disabled. Yeah. But like when it's reducing suffering and pain like working towards those things he recognizes that that's a good thing so yeah there's levels there's levels levels. Mm -hmm. he talks about like how health can range from like individual and communal body mind comfort Mm -hmm. is what he says to profound social control yeah so it can range in a massive way right often that depends on the people who are experiencing these things they're how they are racialized how they are looked at as like 100 um fatness and thinness etc so obviously of course pain management for people with chronic pain is important Mm -hmm. many people have to go to the doctor in order to be alive Mm -hmm. like there are many ways to live and experience bodies those things are those things are great when they're being used correctly and for the right reasons and to actually help people Mm -hmm. and to actually like allow people to have resources and things like that and not when they're like trying to like socially control control yeah control people Mm -hmm. yeah and to like reinforce normative ways yeah and to stigmatize yeah right yeah yeah so that's obviously we're not saying that people shouldn't get their meds yeah Get get your meds yeah get your meds yeah should we wrap this up? I am not afraid to keep on living. Ah, oh, so true. I think is a good bow to kind of tie so around true. these things like survival and staying alive under like difficult conditions, no matter what form they take, yeah. I think is what ties all of this together. Like yeah. being against cure, living and carrying people on with you yeah. and staying in it, yeah. staying in the fight. Yeah. The fight war term whatever <laughs> sometimes we need metaphors stay, to speak staying in the experience experience the the, the stay in the river of life the, ooh. oh just nice. in motion staying in motion staying in motion i like that i like that yeah. yeah you gotta keep going i think that's what ties like the eli claire and angels and mcr together in a nice little bow yeah. is like they're all about survival. Yeah. They're not about languishing yeah. in illness or its metaphors. Right. It's about carrying on. 
I think these three texts, the Black Parade, <laughs> Angels in America, and Brilliant Imperfection, give us yeah. a lot of resources for how to do that in different ways. Yeah. With like illness and disability and lots of other things. I have something I kind of want to read from Eli Claire. Um, did you read the the piece about um, the 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 tremors? This is he's got these little like mm. prose poems that come between. Yeah. I know exactly the one you're talking uh-huh. about. It's so fucking beautiful. Here yeah. we go. You and I have just finished facilitating a day-long training. Back in our hotel room, we collapse onto a bed, out of words, breath, energy. We lie next to each other, your head light against my shoulder. You brush my ribs. I flinch. Your hands twitch, twitch again, on my skin. I answer with a tremor, starting, as always, behind my right shoulder blade, descending my arm. My touch vibrates into you. Your hands twitch and curl over me, triggering a cascade of tremors. Slow, slow, my muscles don't lock. Tremors rise to meet twitches, call and response. I've had lovers tell me how good my shaky touch feels. Tremors likened to extra caresses or driving over a gravel road, their words an antidote to shame. But until now, I had never felt the pleasure they describe. Your twitches spread across my skin, tingle, echo, dance. Just lovely. It's really lovely. And like... That's more than survival. That's joy. That's the thing. That's it's more like, than survival. It's yeah, joy. Yeah. Like it's it's not just a like carrying on despite. It's carrying on with and because. With and because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like finding joy and beauty that's like unique to your situation. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. It is. It's very fucking cool. So I think that's what we have to say about illness. And Angels in America and MCR for now. Yeah. That's all for now, I think, um, to tie all of the texts together that we kind of wanted to talk about. I think also, and we didn't talk about this very much in here, but like the trans, the trans, whatever, living in trans bodies and living in disabled bodies, like our, Mm. our, our stuff is intertwined. Brother, tell me about it. Our stuff is intertwined. (laughs) Many people who are trans experience disability, many people, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I think it is just a beautiful thing to live um, beautiful lives and bodies you're told you're not supposed to live a beautiful life in. And I think that that's applicable for um, any experience of transness and any experience of disability. So mm-hmm. just how fucking yeah. You know? How fucking yeah. 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 You deserve joy even when people tell you you don't. You literally do. You literally not to get do. like so soft and squishy yeah. on this podcast, guys, but, but like, hey, <laughs> we're soft and squishy with you guys. Yeah. It's not often we get such a good take-home message, but that's a really, really good nice. take-home message. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I know. We got somewhere really beautiful. That's really beautiful. I know. I'm I really know. excited about being alive right now. I know. Me too. <laughs> like, that's very lovely and, and beautiful. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, nice. Um, so how do we fucking finish this episode? Should we read it and ask, or do we just be done? I think maybe be done. Maybe be done. Yeah. All right. What, what, can we, what can we say at the end here? I have something we forgot to say. Oh, Guess who's going to fucking Las Vegas? Oh, yeah, we're going to Vegas. Yeah, guys. us. Yeah, we're, we're going, going to, to fucking Las Vegas. Hey, guys. Are you going to be at Vegas, in Vegas? At, at Vegas? Up. Are you going to be at Vegas? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be in Las Vegas for night one of When We Were Young Festival, uh, we'll be there and our dicks are getting blown off. Yeah. Free top surgery at the event. Uh-huh. F- straight, straight when the end goes into dead, my boobs flying Ooh. off my body you know? Ooh, yeah they're coming off mm-hmm. they're coming right off they're coming right Just, off um so if you also want to hit ray it's gonna be, be tough if you for him to be, keep playing you, <laughs> yeah 
So if you want to be a part of the mass top surgery event, the mass gender affirming surgery event at the MCR full playthrough of Black Parade, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll there. Be there. Um, and we should talk about this more, but like, I'd love to do like, we try, we wanted to do something podcasty during the, the first tour. Yeah. Maybe we should do something at the festival. This would be a compelling place to do something. Yeah. I feel just like walk around and interview people. I think it'd be really fun. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, mm. so, you know, also just to, to chat. So mm-hmm. as it gets closer, that is a year, a year from now. A year from now. Um, so we've got time to plan. So we'll post more about it. Yeah. We'll chat about it. Could be cool. Maybe we could plan some kind of meetup yeah. or something. That could be Cause fun. we're not sitting at the fucking barricade all day. No, thank you. We're not going to. If you're going to, hell yeah, for you. Good for I you. Would, um, I need to pass pee our shit regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be covered, order. I'd be covered in piss by like 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah. And that's not no. fun. <laughs> in that order, I would pass out. I'd be on the ground covered in shit <laughs> and dead. So. <laughs> That would be my experience. And we and don't no want that. To that. Yeah. So we're going to try to answer asks. So oh, yeah. We've been doing the asks in a real mailbox structure. Mm-hmm. Fun. But I think less people listen to those episodes. Totally yeah. fine. You guys can listen whenever you want to. Um, but I want everybody to like make sure that their shit is getting heard. And so I feel like, and also to answer your asks faster. More quickly. Yeah. Because otherwise it ends up just getting pushed back so we're gonna mm-hmm. try to answer asks like a couple asks every ep like we have done before yeah. maybe we'll do it at the beginning of the episode i think could be a good way to do it yeah i think that's and then people a good can idea. skip if they don't want to listen yeah um so yeah i think that that's where we're, we're that's what we're we'll gonna start, start doing, doing yeah. um as of next ep mm-hmm. so expect that from us if you have some asks that you've sent us we see them we're gonna answer them. We're gonna answer them. We love you. We love you. We love you. We give you many kisses. We don't. I answered one today. We we posted our last episode today. Yeah. And um, I went through and I answered some. And there's one that was straight up from May. Yeah. Sorry. Jesus. Huh. It's not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> it's not gonna happen anymore. Sorry. I'm pretty sure the latest stuff we have in our inbox, except for things that we're gonna use mm-hmm. for specific episodes, which yeah, again, which some of those if we're just saving. Some of yeah. them we're saving. So. If you send us an ask way long ago, we're saving it. If it's about Danger Days, you are such a brave warrior. You're literally a warrior and it's coming next. Yeah. Otherwise, I think most of the stuff that we have is from Mm -hmm. like at the latest September. September, I think. Yeah. But I think mostly October. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap it up. (laughs) Let's do it. Where can, so, so, um, where can you find us? You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. You should toss us a hot review. Yeah. You should rate us. us. You You should rate us. You can let us know how you feel about us. Um, It helps other people find us. So we would love for you to do that. You can follow us at Mm honeythispodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram at honeythispodcast. Um, You can go long form. You can send us an email Mm -hmm. at honeythispodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Tumblr at boy-zone. And you can find me on Tumblr at tasteofchaos2005.tumblr.com so anyway <laughs> um or you can i'm trying to find more and more obscene ways to say that you obscene. can yeah, just like you mm. can throw us something in the fucking gutter you can write on a wall in blood and we'll see it <laughs> and we'll see it we'll see it if you write on a mirror in blood and mm. then chant honey this pod three times in the mirror we will come to you a la bloody mary and we will haunt you a little a little bit so like be ready for yeah. that but we'll hear but your it message. Could be fun. So, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. time. <laughs> Bye.